How's it going, everybody? Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt joining you is another episode of Sunday Golds here as we get closer and closer to NCAA regional time. We're actually expecting the announcement of the top 20 regional sites to be uh, put out on Twitter by the NCAA here. Hopefully either, you know, today as we're recording this podcast, it's 530 on Thursday or uh, maybe even tomorrow morning uh, on Friday. But one thing is for sure, Brett and I have stated that we expect Florida State to be in the top 20. Mike Martin Jr. expects Florida State to be in the top 20. I think it'd be a mild surprise for the Knowles and Dickhauser Stadium not to be on that initial list. And the reason is the Knowles had a big weekend at Notre Dame. They follow it up with a split over FGCU. Um, a good Eagles program led by Dave Tollett. Um, a couple of games that were really down to the wire both times. They both went into the ninth inning. And uh, the Knowles lose the first game 8-7. to seven. A home run by the Eagles in the top of the ninth is the difference. And then they play uh, 40 minutes later, and Elijah Cabell hits a walk-off to uh, win the game for FSU in the bottom of the ninth, 2-1, to one, in a, a much different game, a pitcher's duel. But, Brett, uh, a big weekend coming up as well against Clemson. That's what we'll talk about on this pod and in Florida State's postseason picture. Um, but the Knowles are playing good baseball right now, and uh, it, was, uh, it was good to see Florida State at least get one against the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, you just couldn't lose both. It's okay to lose one to FGCU. Um, I mean, I think they're 28-18. and 18. It's a solid baseball team, definitely solid uh, hitting team. Yeah, just, you know, they played solid, I thought. And, you know, Florida State just scrapped off a win there. And uh, just a long couple of days, too, rain delays. And, um, you know, every time Aria calls a game, we're going to get rain delays now, so you can expect that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just good, good to scrap one out, out there. And, um, you know, a couple more one-run one games. Had so many of those this year, another one. You know, ninth one-run loss of the year, but you pick one back up right after that. Four and nine and one-run games now. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be a lot more one-run games coming up here the rest of the season. Um, so, good to see Florida State take one of those at least and, um, you know, head into, head into the weekend with a chance at a winning weekend. Yeah, no doubt that uh, it was a long two days. And you play a couple of innings on Tuesday. The rest of the night gets rained out. You come back at noon on Wednesday and – you play a few more innings and then you get another delay, and uh, it was a it was a miserable two <laughs> two days for for not just you know myself and Florida State baseball, but I'm sure for the fans, just trying to watch the Knolls uh, try and continue to compete towards an NCAA regional bid. But Brad, I don't think we need to really break down the two matchups. I, I think rather let's talk about individual performances and maybe some themes that are developing here. Um, I think in game one, um, you know, obviously Florida State led early. The rain delay happened and. Um, the Knolls were up three to one, and then that sixth run, sixth inning by FGCU. Sometimes that happens, right? And it happened against some guys that, that FSU has relied on this season. But um, let's give a shout out to Tyler Ahern. I thought he was fantastic, three and a third innings. It's one of the better performances, in my opinion, that he's had um, at Florida State, certainly this season. Um, one hit, no runs, two walks, four strikeouts, and 50 pitches is about, you know, the max that they'll go with Tyler Ahern usually. So uh, credit to him. Yeah, season-high 3.1 innings for Tyler, and um, that was really when Florida State needed it after Montgomery could only get one out. And, um, you know, just to command issues, continue to be there for him and just consistently inconsistent. But um, Ahern bridged that bullpen a bit and gave Florida State, you know, enough to have enough for the two games there in the midweek, which they really haven't had, which they haven't had all year. But, um, you know, the stuff was just as good as it gets for Ahern. I mean, he was sitting 93-95, had his slider too, um, you know, missed a lot of bats. Um, you know, command fell off a bit at the end, but command was there for most of his outing as well. 
Um, you know, season ERA down to three two four since that bad outing at Georgia Tech. Has he's been really good and lights out. Um, you know, good. It was good to see Clayton Kudkowski come back, and you know, I think he stranded three runners. Um, you know, it was a pitcher out there right before, right when that rain delay started on uh, Tuesday. So it was good to see him back as well. But yeah, just definitely really good from Ahern. Thought that was one of my ups from that game. Yeah, and you know, I think offensively too in that game, uh, Jackson Green I thought had a, a nice couple of games against FGCU, and and the way that he plays defense, ironically, you know, the six run sixth inning came all with two outs, by the way, and it all really happened uh, on on a spectacular play um, right after a spectacular play that Jackson Green made up the middle. Uh, he almost robbed, uh, was it, I think it was Richie Garcia was or, or Brian Ellis maybe? Yeah. It was Ellis uh, on a play that was lined up the middle and, and the ball just didn't stick in his glove. He sprawled out, laid out to try and go get it and, and take away what would have easily been a Sports Center top 10 moment for FSU and uh, ends up that after that, you know, the skies open up and, uh, excuse me, so the, the, the two out rally happened and um, that was a tough inning. But Jackson Green, we know what he gives you in the field. If you get a couple of base hits out of him, even if you go, if he goes one for four every night, I think that you're, you're feeling pretty good about your nine hole hitter. Yeah. I mean, he had his first two doubles of the season um, in these two games. And then, uh, you know, also second and third multi hit games of the year. Um, you know, was hitting the ball hard consistently. And, um, you know, I think one double was in the gap or to the right field wall. Um, another down the third baseline. I uh, just gave FGC uh, pitchers fits the whole weekend. And uh, when he's on base in front of the top of the order, it's going to make a huge difference for Florida State. And he's really showed all year that he consistently get on base, at least. I mean, he's on base over 30, 33% of the time, I believe. And, um, yeah, really good to see Jackson start to get comfortable in that new stance they gave him. Um, you know, Logan Lacey was really good in game one as well. I think he had three hits, um, you know, had a homer to dead center. Really showed off the power that Meets talked about a lot um, that he has in the weight room, the strength that he shows in the weight room, the athleticism. I also thought Lacey was very good this, these two games at third base defensively. He made some really big plays. Um, you know, he's really athletic, shows off a couple of pirouettes to make throws. And um, just all over the field, I thought. And he's, he's shown all year that he's really the glue guy on this team, I think. And um, he showed that again in game one with a really good performance. Yeah, I like that you mentioned Lacey because you've been high on him all season. And I think the more people watch him play, the more that they're sold that you know, he is a glue guy for this team. Uh, I think at third base, Brett, he's as comfortable as uh, – I think he's made the coaching staff as comfortable as you can possibly make them in quite a few years, right, at that position. Because FSU fans have had nightmares of poor defensive third base play. And I think Logan coming in now uh, kind of gives you just just a sense of relief when he's in the game that, you know, when he, when he fields it, that throw across is going to be good. Um, and someone asked me, I think recently, why won't, so with the center field problems, why, why isn't Logan Lacey playing center field? He, ironically, I think of, of all the options left, he is probably your best center field option too. Uh, the problem is the, the replacement behind him at third base, you just can't afford to not have Logan be playing at the hot corner. So, um, that's the answer to that question. Um, I, I love his bat. I think he has more power than people give him credit for. To hit one dead center at Hauser, you really have to put it um, on a, on a jetpack to get it out. And um, I, I like the way he plays because he provides some protection, I think, for Matt Nelson. Yeah, and I was going to say, between Lacey and Nelson, there's, not, there's really not many guys that I'd rather watch play baseball. I mean, I think both of them play the game the right way. And, you know, you saw it a couple times this week that 
Matt caused some errors and put some pressure on defense with, you know, hustle down the first baseline. Um, I think he had two that caused errors from the shortstop. Um, you know, one of them I thought he might be down either way, but, um, you know, just he, he always is hustling. He's beat down a ton of throws this year, beat down double plays this year for RBIs. Um, you know, Matt's an athletic kid, especially for a catcher, but even just, even if he played anywhere else, he'd still be pretty athletic uh, coming out of college. And um, he's shown that all year. And, you know, I asked me after the game, how big does that? And he just said, you know, he just plays the game the right way and does, you know, knows how to win and does all the things to win games, especially close games like Florida State played these two days. Um, so watching those two guys play, um, you know, Lacey's always aggressive at the plate. Lacey's jersey's always dirty, too. I mean, he's all over the place making diving plays, you know, diving head first in the bases. Um, so watching both of those guys play on an every day, um, especially hitting back-to-back, has been fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, one, I don't want to say it's all positive from that because I know there was some disappointment uh, in Carson Montgomery, and um, he couldn't get out of the first inning, only recorded an out. And I think it's just the way – that the inning went like if he's getting hit hard on on good pitches you you kind of tip your cap and you go all right well Carson's finding the zone and guys are making you know good swings they're putting good swings on the ball three walks in an inning I just it can't happen and you know when you come out immediately and you don't even go 20 pitches I know meat was really frustrated in post game and he made some public comments about you know body language and um just that just can't happen right and, and I think the frustration comes if you weren't talented and people didn't expect much out of you, I think, you know, the level of disappointment's less, right? Um, but because Carson Montgomery is the, you know, the, the number one player to reach high school, not sorry, to reach college from high school and, and not go to the draft, I think people had some expectations. And, um, you know, he hasn't really delivered this year. He's shown us flashes of brilliance against Florida, against UCF. Um, but it just hasn't all come together here in his first season at, at Florida State. Yeah, he just had no fastball command on Tuesday. Um, I think he had 19 pitches and six six strikes. You know, first guy walked on four pitches. Next guy went 3-0. Um, you ended up walking him. Um, it was just kind of tough to watch. I mean, you kind of just knew that he wasn't going to be anywhere near the zone after the first batter or so. And, um, you know, his only out was a hard hit ball to left, I think. Um, it was just, yeah, I mean, he just didn't have it. I don't really know where Florida State plans on going with him from here on out. But Florida State's going to need him to be some sort of the version that he can be for Florida State to be the, the best they can be this year because I still think he's probably your fourth starter when it comes to postseason play in an ACC tournament and a regional, um, you know, and, and farther down the road. But, um, I mean, his whip is up to 174. Um, just really, really struggle with the command and the consistency of his command this entire year. And, you know, I don't think either of us are worried about the long term with Montgomery, but it's definitely something they're they're going to have to look at in the off season and, and maybe revamp revamp some mechanics here because um, it's the, the the release point is just it's 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 kind of different on every single pitch right now. Yeah, um, defensively, I know Florida State, you know, didn't really play well behind its pitching staff. Nander really struggled uh, at shortstop. Um, those ended up being some critical plays at times. There was another one that, you know, they, they ruled a base hit, but Nander let the ball get under his glove on a play that I think he, he even expects to make um, when it's hit, you know, within a foot of him. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's going to be kind of the, the case for Florida State, right, is it, it's that defense. I actually think the defense hasn't as a whole been bad. Um, the team fielding percentage is now up to 970, which I think I made that prediction a few weeks back that if FSU 
finishes over 970 with the fielding percentage, I think they'll make Omaha. Um, we'll see. Uh, the, the second game, having a zero spot in the error column was nice. I was impressed with the, the defense in game two. Um, but I guess, is there anything else you want to touch on game one? I, I know Elijah Cabell is, is continuing to impress, uh, just going the opposite way up the middle. Um, batting average for Elijah now, what, near 290? 294. It is up. Or 291. It is up over 290. Folks, if you had told me three years ago (laughs) that Elijah Cabell would ever hit 290 in his career at Florida State, I would have told you it was opening weekend and that was it, or I wouldn't have believed you. Um, He deserves all the credit in the world, Brett. He has worked hard. He has stuck with it. He has had spells of where he's been benched, you know, in his career. And the strikeouts are always going to be there for him, but it has been a lot of fun to watch Elijah Cabell impact the game, not just with one swing of the bat, but on a more routine basis. Yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, we've always said that he's probably the the guy that has the most potential to be a, you know, a game-changing player on this team, just with the raw talent he has and, you know, everything he possesses in his bat. And, um, you know, it's not fun to pitch to Elijah Cabell because, you know, at any certain time he could he can just embarrass you really I mean the, the pop and the bat is immense and you know just to see the maturation this year of him using all fields and just letting his talent play instead of trying to force things and you know you know he's been patient he's he's let things come to him he's swinging I mean he's just swinging the bat really well right now I mean the home run for the walk-off um, you know that swing was just I mean it's just a natural opposite field swing and when when he lets the ball gets deep I mean that's when he's at his best um, yeah it's just been really fun to watch the last few games the homework game made him um, extended his hit streak to 10 games um, over those 10 games he's 15 for 31 with nine RBIs five homers eight walks and seven runs um, yeah I mean he's he's playing as good as it gets right now I think he's probably played his way into some sort of all ACC team I mean, he's got a one, 1.069 OPS. Um, I'm guessing there's not many ACC outfielders that are better than that. And people are going to look at the K rate, and it's going to, you know, I, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if he's, you know, driving guys in with homers. So, um, you know, you take, what, you take what you get with the K rate, and you take all that game-changing um, ability from Cabell, and, you know, he's, he's just a really dangerous player all around. He really is. Um to be able to go opposite field like that for Elijah, I think you mentioned it's the key, and I, I agree with you. He gets from point A to point B in his swing so quick that he generates so much exit velocity just from making contact uh, because of how violent um, his swing is. I mean, it's it's a thing of beauty to watch, and um, it's been fun. I mean, I, like I said, I used that word earlier. It's It's been a lot of fun to watch Elijah do what he does, and uh, i got to give him a shout-out for allowing me a, a walk-off call for the first time in, in, in my career. So uh, appreciate that one, and I'm sure the, the Seminole faithful are appreciative that you were able to help them get a big win, 26th win of the season. 26-18 uh, and 18 now is Florida State. Um, this game was different from the first game. Pitchers duel all the way. Uh, FGCU actually started its Saturday guy against FSU because they're not playing this weekend. They had some cancellations. Um, FGCU was off for a couple of weeks, so they decided to go with their Saturday guy. And there was at one point, their Friday guy was warming up, Mason Studstill. He was definitely warming up pretty quickly, and and there was a chance that he was going to come into the game late against Florida State. Um, And he might have, I think, had they gone extras, I think you would have seen Mason Studstill in the game for FGCU. But this was about Florida State's pitching and defense. Ross Dunn, the the debut uh, from a starting uh, pitching perspective, 
Brett, you've loved this kid from day one. Um, at fall ball, you've sung his praises, and, and you're starting to see why. I think fans are starting to see why. Three and a third of shutout baseball, a walk and four strikeouts, 50 pitches. Yeah, it was really good to see him um, get a start and kind of show the potential he has as a starter in the future. Um, you know, give up four hits and three and a third, but I think two of the hits were infield singles. I think another one was a bloop, and the last one was a chopper through the right side. Um, really didn't give up any hard contact. I think the hardest contact he gave up was a ground out to strand two runners. Um, yeah, I mean, he was up to 95, sitting low 90s, 91, 93, really. Um, you know, off-speed still needs some development, but it's going to come for Ross Dunn at some point. He's going to be a starter at some point for this team. And, um, you know, I just – I really enjoy watching Ross Dunn pitch, and I think he's shown you multiple times now that he can pitch in high-leverage moments. He can pitch in close games. Um, you know, he's – really not walking anybody only one walk you know the, the command is there you know the command is the only worry with Ross sometimes and um, lately he's really been you know consistent and he's in the zone and you know pounding the corners with his fastball um, scoreless streak up to 10.1 innings pitched um, season area at 1.59 um, yeah I mean this is why we've kind of wanted to see him use more along with Crowell just because these guys have the stuff to be really dominant college pitchers. And then a shout-out to Chase Haney. I think he came in and, and gave you an extended outing, 50-plus pitches for him, 51 total, three and a third of just one earned run, uh, walk three strikeouts, and then Wyatt Crowell as well. Uh, you know, I think um, it, was a, it was a day. That second game was a lot of really good pitching from Florida State. Yeah, I mean, Florida State only walked two guys. Um, don't think they had any wild pitches. It was a really good bounce back from the day before or the game before. Um, I think they had eight walks the game before, which is, you know, it's just uncharacteristic of this staff. Um, you know, midweek games have been weird for this staff all year. Um, you can kind of tell that, you know, it's a midweek game. The, you know, the heartbeat isn't as high and you're not as amped up. But, uh, you know, good to see these young guys, when you know, sand, I mean, sandwiching Chase really. Um, really good work from Chase. Just gave, just gave, gave up that solo shot. Um, but, I mean, to give you 3.1 innings, um, that's really what you like to see. And I think he tied the appearance record at Florida State, um, was throwing strikes. Uh, I think he I think he set a season high in innings pitch. I believe it was only the fifth or so time he's gone three or more innings in, at Florida State. Uh, Carell was really good at the, at the end of the game. Really lights down out of the pen. You know, finished off the seventh for Chase, one, two, three, eighth. Um, you know, worked out around a leadoff single in, in, in the ninth to keep the game tied. You know, he's also got a scoreless streak of 10.2 innings pitch. His ERA is down to one six two. If you take out one outing for both Crowell and Dunn, they've got a zero ERA. I mean, Dunn gave up, I believe, two runs in his first outing, um, his first career outing, and he hasn't given up a run since then. I think um, Wyatt gave up three runs in, in an inning against you know VT when Florida State was at 10 or, 10 or so. Take those two innings out, they've got a combined ERA of zero. Um, yeah, I mean, these kids are – the future at Florida State's pitching staff is – extremely bright i mean you add these kids to you're still gonna have parker and hubbard next year you still have a developing b walk um you know you've got other kids coming in you've got andrew armstrong to get to get you know be that matchup guy um there's just so many names to go along with carson montgomery but um yeah i mean it just it's a lot of excitement for me just watching these guys throw more often now yeah uh, florida state by the way only five strikeouts um in the lineup as well uh, Tyler Martin, two for four with an RBI in the game, uh, game two against FGCU. But Knowles win two to one, and they split the series with the Eagles. I know uh, there are some people concerned about Robbie Martin. Uh, I think, what is it, one for his last, like 28 or 29? 29. Yeah. Um, Robbie's going to figure it out. 
I just think, you know, when Robbie's hot, you've seen what it looks like. It's, you know, 10 for 15, and I think that's right around the corner. It's been a mixed bag for me, though, in this one for 29, because game one, he should have had an RBI single. I mean, he had an RBI ground. They, they counted out as a, they counted it as an RBI ground out, but he roped one off the glove of the first baseman, and it was picked up by the second baseman, threw him out. The run came home to score. Um, but there's also been some weak contact, right? Like There's been moments where he just kind of looks a little bit off, like he's pull happy right now, um, not going opposite field the way that Robbie Martin at his best usually does. Um, but yeah, Brett, I, I mean, I want your thoughts on this because Robbie, again, it just kind of looks like early in the season when he had to figure some things out. Yeah, I know we've said a lot, you know, Robbie's going to be fine. Robbie's going to be fine. You know, Robbie is Robbie. Robbie hates, hits RobbieRakes.com. I mean, but for Robbie to get back to his normal self, he's got to change his approach. Um, everything's off the end of the bat. Everything's out in front right now. Um, you know, me was saying you can't make good decisions when, when you're out in front of everything. Um, you know, you're not going to get you're not going to get to anything off speed. Um, you know, I think he struck out on three pitches or four pitches in the eighth inning with bases loaded, and I think it was just three change-ups right by him. Um, you know, I think all three of his outs in play um, were all um, to the first baseman on off the end of the bat. I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's, you know, not really looking to use the middle middle part of the field or opposite field right now. Um, I think if, if he just, you know, resets his sights on that opposite field, resets a little bit, you know, that will get him going a bit. I know a lot of people have made a big deal about, you know, him dropping down to that four spot, him hitting a lot worse since then. But I've never been a believer that your average really correlates to where you hit. Um, you know, if anything, you know, maybe you move him back up in front of Nelly, to, you know, just to get him to make teams pitch to him even more. But, I mean, he's, he's got protection with Elijah too right now. So I don't think it's an order thing. I think it's an approach thing. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for Florida State to, to make a run here uh, in postseason, they've got to have a normal Robbie Martin. It's, it's, it, it's an absolute need. Um, that's when you'll see Florida State at their best. Um, you know, this offense is struggling a bit right now without his production and the RBIs that he usually gives them. Without a doubt. FSU's team batting average, I think, right now is hovering around like 240, 241. Um, but the, the on base percentage has gone up a little bit, if that means anything to anyone but uh the Knowles again offense is ba- is based on you know the long ball I think that's when they do their their most damage obviously 64 of them uh they were first in the ACC but Wake Forest all of a sudden has turned back into Wake Forest um so the Knowles are second in the ACC in long balls uh, and we'll see I mean Clemson coming up you, you kind of you know Brett you've alluded to it a few times midweek is is, is a place where you want to get some wins if you can uh, you definitely don't want to be awful in the midweek but it's, it's more of a place like a breeding ground, right, to try and get some guys' innings, get some guys' work. Um, midweek's usually a, a place where a guy like Jackson Green can kind of find a, a couple of good games and, and set himself up for a hot streak. But my, it's all about the weekends. My thing is some people made a really big deal about the one loss. But, I mean, FGCU is a really good team. Like, they're not some – they're not, you know, who did we lose to early this year? Um, JU. Yes, JU. They're not JU. Like – Florida State only dropped, I think, two or three spots in RPI. I mean, FGCU's RPI is 62. Yeah, that's they're quality. A cute, they're a quadrant two team. I mean, this was going to be a tough match to be their way, especially with FGCU not playing this upcoming weekend. I mean, they're going to throw all their guys at you they can. Um, yeah, taking two, one of two, you, you definitely take it. And you say, 
you know, thanks for the competition. Um, now you just focus on ACC play. I mean, that's what matters. And if Florida State keeps winning an ACC play, um, I just don't think the FGCU loss is going to matter when it comes to regional talk at the end of the year. Yep. 26 and 18, let's talk about Clemson. 6 o'clock on Friday, 2 o'clock on Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Friday's game is national on ACC Network for those of you that have ACC Network, uh, and that's on ACC Network Extra for the following two days. Uh, For Florida State, uh, a bit of news that came out earlier today was that um, Parker Messick will not make his Friday start. Uh, It'll be Bryce Hubbard on Friday, Connor Grady on Saturday. Florida State's got to be announced on Sunday. Um, That's definitely a, a bit of a big deal. Um, could be a reason for concern. Clemson is 23 and 21 on the year, uh, really bad on the road, five and 12. Um, they're 15 and 15 in the ACC. So they're right on Florida state's tails. Um, and this is a big weekend for FSU to try and find a way to continue to stay on the uh, positive side of the regional hosting picture. I know uh, D one baseball actually had Florida state as its final host as a 16 in the last projection. So the Knowles are going to need to win two out of three, I think, um, I know, uh, Brett, that you're looking forward to this series because Clemson FSU always is a lot of fun. Um, And it always feels like, you know, they play these games late in the season, which means that they usually mean a lot more for the postseason picture. Yeah, this is a big series. I mean, both these series coming up for Florida State, you've got to win. There'll be a regional host, I think. Um, You know, yesterday, when it comes to the Parker News yesterday, you know, Meade announced that after the game. And at first it was Hubbard TBA TBA. Um, Now it's Hubbard Grady TBA. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a long-term issue for Florida State. It didn't sound like it when Meat was talking about it. It sounded like he had um, just some discomfort in his back um, earlier in the week, and they just wanted to be cautious with it. Um, you know, saw him come out late on Tuesday to the game and, you know, just street clothes right before the game started. So, you know, we knew something was up a little bit, but I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's something that needs to be a long-term worry yet for Florida State. I still think there's a chance that Parker pitches this weekend. Um you know, might shift around the rotation for next week in the ACC tournament. But, you know, I know Parker's been really good, but these guys are interchangeable a bit. Um, you know, they're all going to give you quality outings. They're all going to give you – they've all shown you that they're going to give you five-plus innings, and, you know, none of them are going to get hit around too much and not give, give up a ton of runs. So, you know, even if, you know, Parker's not there on Friday, I still think you like Hubbard on Friday, you like Grady on Saturday. At a lot of other schools, these guys are their Friday and Saturday starters. Um, so, you know, having Parker not on Friday, um, you know, it's definitely not what you want to see. Um, and he's probably going to be ACC pitcher of the year. But, you know, you still you still I think you're pretty confident in this pitching staff going forward, even if Parker doesn't pitch this weekend. But I would not be surprised to see Parker at least throw some innings on Sunday. No doubt. Uh, I think, you know, that would be uh, ideal. And, and obviously, though, if he's not feeling up to it and, and, and they want to give him that extra rest, um, they're going to go and, and do that. I think Parker's, you know, your most valuable asset right now on the pitching staff. So um, they're going to take care of Parker if he's ready to go this weekend at any point uh, Sunday. It looks like it'll be the day that it happens. If not, then, uh, you know, you hold him back and, and there's a big series coming up at NC State next week. So um, we're all uh, definitely hoping that, that, you know, Parker recovers quickly and that it's nothing serious, as Brett said, that, that Meat put out there for the public um, that they don't think it's anything that's too big of a deal. But you definitely want to uh, be precautionary with, uh, like Brett just said, uh, probably the ACC Pitcher of the Year. Um, but that would be something, wouldn't it? If you win Friday and Saturday and 
Sunday, it's uh, Parker Messick getting some innings. I mean, we've always talked about Connor Grady and the advantage he gives you over a, a, num- a number three for another team, right, on the mound. Now imagine if Parker Messick can pitch on Sunday against your, your team's number three. Uh, Clemson has a t- to be announced as well, by the way. Uh, for Sunday, but theirs is not because they're trying to see if someone's healthy. It's because they really don't have good options after their first two guys. Um, they're going to go with Mac Anglin on Friday, who is excellent. He's going to give Bryce Hubbard a run for his money. Saturday, it'll be Keyshawn Askew, a, a, a lefty. And then Sunday, it had been Matt Clark, which Florida State has had some success with in the past. Uh, soft throwing lefty, um, but Clark is uh, really struggling right now for Clemson over his last couple of starts, so they they have put a to be announced. But um, a Clemson team, Brett, that when you look at their numbers, uh, like I said, 23 and 21, they've got some guys in the lineup that can hit it a little bit. Um, they've got some pop, um, and they've got a couple of good pitchers. So uh, Clemson's a team with a couple of good players um, all, all spread around. But it's not a great baseball team. Uh, it's a team that I think Florida State should expect to have some success with this weekend. Yeah, I mean – you know, England's definitely a really good Friday guy. And, you know, he's taken over that role recently, you know, six starts, um, you know, red shirt freshman, really big and lanky kid, six foot five, I think, you know, somewhat like 200 or 190, um, you know, was, you know, really high prospect coming out. I think he was 45th overall in the country and, um, you know, low nineties fastball, really high spin slider in the mid eighties that will give FSU hitters fits. I mean, 218 average against, 56 Ks in 41 innings, um, you know, struggles a little bit with command, but not too much. Should be in the zone pretty much for the most part. Um, yeah, just I mean, he's only given up one home run this year. I mean, he's definitely going to give Florida State some trouble. I think this will be a low-scoring game on Friday. Um, if you take that one, you definitely feel really good about the series overall. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, Keyshawn Askew, the Saturday guy, is sort of a, you know, funky, you know, pitchability lefty with, um, you know, a slider that really sweeps across. Um, the plate and you know lefties have given Florida State trouble all year so um, you know don't love that matchup but I think when you have Grady there you know you're going to be in it uh, I think you just got to execute uh, you know it's just the same thing for Florida State as always Askew has been hit around a bit this year but also strikes out a lot of guys 58 strikeouts 48 innings um, doesn't really walk anybody only seven walks in 40 innings but 271 average against um, so yeah I mean I think you've definitely got some arms that you're going to have to be locked in as a hitting, you know, as a lineup to do some damage. You're definitely going to need a Robbie Martin to start to get a, get going, especially against Anglin. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the pitching matchups, it's definitely going to be the thing to watch, I think. Yeah, so we'll see what Florida State's able to, to do this weekend. Obviously at the plate, you know, the Grice kid's really good. Uh, 12 home runs and 44 RBIs. Strikes out a ton, 61 strikeouts on the year. Uh, James Parker does a nice job for them as well, uh, and Meredith as well. So, they've, again, they've got some pop in their lineup. They've got, I think it looks like, at least – they've got four kids with at least six home runs. They've got five kids with at least five home runs. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good team. This is not the best team that Clemson has ever fielded, but it is FSU Clemson. They're going to play hard. Um, they've, got some, they've got some kids who can swing the stick. They've got a couple of good pitchers, as we've mentioned. So – um, for FSU, it's just going to come down to, I think, playing good defense behind your pitching. Uh, let's see how Florida State adjusts without Parker Messick, at least for Friday and Saturday. And uh, the Knolls are going to have to hit the baseball a little bit. I think, you know, it's a Clemson team that got hit around pretty good by Georgia Tech last weekend uh, in Atlanta. They got swept. But um, 
it's an FSU team that's kind of hot and cold with the bats. They they can be really good one day, one game, and they can be really icy the next game. And um, we also mentioned too, Brett, the postseason picture. Clemson's right on Florida State's tail for that four spot in the ACC tournament. So uh, the Knolls are looking for that, you know, pod number one seed in the pod, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, kind of the pod leader. You know, there are four pods in the ACC tournament, and uh, that goes to, to the top four. So Florida State's right there battling Georgia Tech, Clemson, NC State um, for a final spot uh, as the uh, number four seed. Yeah, definitely need to pay attention to Georgia Tech this weekend as well. Um, you know, with them batting, battling Florida State for that four seed, um, you know, Grice and, and Parker and Meredith all present a, present a pretty large threat at the top of their order. Um, you know, Dylan Brewer is a, when they got one of those guys that's a really high prospect but has struggled a bit this year. You know, only hitting 211, does have nine homers. Um, Florida State's really going to have to try to stay away from the home run ball this weekend. Um, Clemson really can hit it out of the park and, um, you know, especially a left-handed hitter like Grice with that right field fence. They're probably going to be swinging for those fences a lot. Um, but, yeah, I think Florida State just needs to take advantage of the fact they strike out a good bit just like Florida State does, um, especially with some of those big bats like Grice, like you said. I mean, 61K is in 156 at-bats. So, yeah, I think this is a weekend for Florida State staff to pitch carefully but pitch aggressively and, um, you know, get some swing and misses and hopefully limit limit the, the big hits for, for Clemson. Clemson doesn't run a lot. They've only attempted 47 stolen bases all year. Um, they've been successful 33 times. Uh, defensively, they're solid. They're better. They're, they're they're better than terrible, but they're not they're not anything to write home about. 967 as a team, so um, slightly below Florida State. So if that's the barometer you want to set for defense, then I'll let you be the one to decide what you think uh, of Clemson's defense. Uh, 967, and Florida State is at 970. But yeah, uh, Brett, do you want to make predictions for this one? Um, I think we've broken down Clemson the best that we can. Uh, FSU's a better baseball team. They're playing at home. I know the Knowles have been better on the road than they have been at home. But like I mentioned uh, in our last podcast, the month of May is usually where Florida State uh, usually has a hot streak. So I'm going to take the Knowles two out of three. I would not be surprised with a sweep. It would be really nice to see a sweep just because – I want to believe that Florida State can do it. <laughs> but I will comfortably say Knowles two out of three. I'm going to say Florida State sweeps. Okay. I like the momentum right now, and um, the struggles that Clemson has had on the road makes me think that they're not going to be very comfortable coming in here and playing in Hauser, and I think it'll be a pretty good environment this weekend. Um, you know, it would be really nice to see, you know, Florida State be one of those top 20 going into the weekend, and then, you know, FSU's really got some chances here to make marks and become one of those top 16 seeds. So I think Meat's got these guys um, playing the right way right now. And, you know, I think this will be a weekend that Florida State can try to take advantage of a team that struggles on the road. All right. So two out of three from me. Um, that being said, if Florida State wins its first two and then you've got Parker on Sunday, uh, I might, uh, you know, amend my pick there uh, and say sweep as well. So we'll just have to see. It's uh, to be announced on Sunday for Florida State. Again, six o'clock. 2 o'clock and 1 o'clock. It's a Clemson Tiger team, 23 and 21, as I mentioned. They did just beat South Carolina uh, at home, 6-1. to one. So that was a big win for the uh, Tigers over their rivals from Columbia. But the Knowles should be in good shape. Uh, keep an eye out on Twitter for the top 20 NCAA regional uh, picks to see uh, if Florida State is going to be considered for postseason baseball in Tallahassee. We expect that to be the case. And... Uh, Make sure uh, that you uh, are subscribing to our podcast. If you love it, uh, please leave us a review. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, five stars if you could on on Apple 
And uh, please share this podcast with your friends. We're getting down to, to postseason baseball, and so every game now matters more than ever. But until we talk to you soon, Brett Nevitt, Arya Masudi, and we will chat with you on the other side of the Knowles and the Tigers.